This is an ABC podcast. I think the two captains are going to come across here. Smith wanders across to Pajara. They shake hands and say, you know what? That'll do. For a series finale that promised drama, you'd have to say it finished with a whimper. But there's still plenty to bang on about. For Australia, the series raised as many questions as it answered. Cam Green's ceiling grew, as did the reputation of Usman Khawaja. The cue for Nathan Lyon's job, as well as questions around David Warner's future. Shortly, the two teams will face off in London to decide the World Test Championship. What kind of pitch might they find in the United Kingdom? I'm Patrick Stack. This is ABC Sport Daily. Peter Lawler is the chief cricket writer at The Australian. He is on another Indian tour. Pete, how are we going to remember this series and how should we remember this series as cricket fans back in Australia? Uh, do you want the good news or the bad news first, Patrick? Bad news? Let's start with that and uh, try and sort of lift the tone afterwards. Bad news is we're going to remember this tour as the one that got away. That team had the chance in Delhi to pull off something that rarely, rarely, rarely ever happens in India and that's win a series. In an hour of madness, they lost eight wickets and blew any chance of winning the series. River sweep, he's gone, he's bowled, it's all over. Australia's batting innings is concerned. And Jadeja, believe it or not, has seven quite extraordinary. That's going to eat away at them. You don't get chances to win series in India very often. The very fact that the last series Australia won in year was 2004. India has only lost three times in the past 10 years at home. That's how hard it is to win here. But on the upside, they did win one. One of those three wins was the win that Australia had at Indoor. That was an outstanding piece of cricket. You'll take that one. Ashwin around the wicket, Labuschagne forward, up into the air, and that will win the Test match. Australia win by nine wickets. And the other good news is the emergence of two kids who are just fantastic in Todd Murphy. Murphy well flighted. Kaora Hall bunts it straight back to Murphy and he takes the return catch. And just like that, Todd Murphy has his first wicket in Test cricket. Who could be a spinner for the ages. And Matthew Kuhneman, who might have a more difficult future than Todd because there's, there's only limited chances for spinners in an Australian team. But uh, that's a positive. And there were a lot of other positives among the senior members. I mean, obviously, Usman Khawaja played some brilliant cricket. Travis Head at the top of the order in Asia is a revelation. There's a few happy takeaways, I reckon. Quite a few. Another particularly happy takeaway is the emergence, continued emergence of Cam Green. I mean, we love to throw around terms like generational cricketer, but he feels like just that he wrapped up with a bowl around it. Can you talk to us about his importance to this test side? And like, what could his ceiling be, Pete? Extraordinary that I left him out of the positives, to be honest. He is the golden calf of Australian cricket. It's been obvious to me since the summer that he is the most critical part of the Australian team. He is the first player picked in an Australian team. Somebody asked me during the summer to pick one player from every team going around. I thought, well, the player I picked from Australia is Cameron Green. He gives instant balance to a cricket team by being in there as a batter and as a bowler. And what a batsman and what a bowler he is. I mean, we didn't see the best of his bowling in these conditions, in more normal cricket conditions or normal cricket pitches. He is a very effective change bowler. I mean, to be honest, he could easily hold his own as a bowler in a cricket team. He did that in WA until he hurt his back, and then he turned around and sort of moved up the batting order. 
And on this tour, we saw his batting. Even in the spinning conditions, he didn't make a lot of runs, but he looked great. Here is ground strike. Jadeja bowls green back and cuts into the ground. And that's going to go for four. And that's his maiden test century. He's got one of the biggest reaches in cricket. Uh, he can negate lengths of spinners, but he can also negate the lengths of fast bowlers. He's difficult to bowl to. You can't get the ball on a good length to him because he can get so far down to you. And equally, he can get so far back. He almost doesn't have a weakness. Like maybe the short ball bothers him a little bit, but he's a beautiful batter. He's a natural cricketer. He has no fear. He just makes cricket look simple. So if Green, Murphy, Kuhneman, Head, they're all big positives from this series, and Kawaja is too, let's touch on some of the negatives. At the top of the order, Usman Kawaja has a lower leg injury. How serious is that? And his opening partner, David Warner, obviously ended the tour early with a broken arm. What sort of role could both of those guys play when we tour England later in the year? Uh, no concerns at all about Kawaja. I'm told it's a slight tear. That's uh, not from the team, so that's uh, medical information that can be trusted. So I'm not too concerned about Usman Khawaja. In fact, Usman Khawaja needs to be celebrated more. Uh, he's been a key player in almost in every series since he's returned. His performances in Pakistan last year were next level. His performances in Australia have been next level. And here, he just looked so languid, so elegant, so unflustered against the spin bowling. This time he reverse sweeps again, and effectively this time the ball's racing away to the point boundary for four. Terrific shot from Usman Khawaja. And he prospered him, you know, to prosper in the most difficult of conditions and then make the 180-odd in the easy conditions. So. Another good shot for Khawaja, and that raises the minor milestone here of 150. He's a batsman who's in his prime when experience tells us he should be in his decline. He's come back to cricket with a great attitude. When you get that last life chance, it kind of doesn't matter. You're not playing for your future because... This is it. Usman's outstanding. David's concerned. I don't know what they do with David. Cycles tend to work around Asher's series. It's coming to the end of one of those cycles. Does he get a chance at the start of the Ashes? I mean, I think this team is loyal and he's prepared to give them one or two chances too many than one or two too few. We'll wait and see. Obviously, he's elbows not an issue. I think he's flying to India tomorrow. So he's going to play in the one-day series. Let's see how he goes there. Hopefully, he makes some runs and actuals him with a bit of confidence and hopefully he has a good IPL too because after that, we've got the World Test Championship. You touch on, I guess, some of the positives and negatives from an on-field perspective. From an off-field perspective, the coaching team, the selectors, are there moments from this series that they might wish that they could have again? And what would those be? Absolutely there. I think not playing Travis Head in the first test, I think that was a mistake. Obviously, it's difficult because he prospers as an opener, but uh, I think you could have done something with him in that first test. They came to the realisation, too, that a 30 was a good score in the conditions that they encountered in the first three tests. And you can't tell me that 15 minutes of Travis Head in the middle is not going to be better than 15 minutes of some other batter because he is just just shows such intent. Head, who's on 11 and who's driving, lofted, big shot, down the ground and it goes for six. They brought Agar over and I'm hearing so many varied accounts of what went on there. He says he was ready and that they misinterpreted what he said. I don't know. Um, but 
that's clearly a mistake. If you you've left Matthew Kuhneman at home, and then Kuhneman comes in and takes that five and has that fairy tale debut. Kuhneman past the umpire, up comes balls away. Sharma comes down the wicket, and he's been stumped, and that is the first wicket. Kuhneman breaks through. Australia have the Indian captain. Why wasn't Matthew Kuhneman in the original squad? At least he was in the shadow squad. They brought too many injured players over. So I don't know. Is that the selector's fault or is that the, the fault of the medical team? I don't know. But why was Hazelwood here injured? You were carrying Stark injured for the first two tests. You were carrying Green injured for the first two tests. That's all. You, you've got a, sure, you've got a big squad. But when three of them can't play, it makes your squad pretty small in the end. And you've got sort of slim pickings to, uh, to create your teams in the first two tests. All eyes turn now from a test cricket perspective to the World Test Championship. It's on the line when these two teams meet again in London later this year, just ahead of the Ashes campaign. It's going to be a big six or so tests of cricket. How's that going to come to define Pat Cummins' era, do you think? Well, if he wins those two events, it it will be the crowning glory of his era. At this stage, he's done very well as a captain. I think he's yet to lose a series if, if you kind of remove him from this one. I think they're three, three all out of their Asian journey. And uh, Andrew McDonald was saying last night, we looked at the Asian legs, the Sri Lanka, Pakistan, India, and thought that's going to be the most difficult part of it. I guess the one thing that we've learned, maybe Steve Smith is the captain for these sorts of conditions. When the ball is spinning and the game is a sort of fast-moving sort of chess match, Smith has the hyper mind and, and has the position on the field and the experience perhaps to be a better captain than Cummins can be when the ball's spinning. But Pat Cummins is the captain of the team and that's not going to change. The final thing I need to ask you about is the pitches. A constant source of conversation now that it's all said and done. Whether it was officials watering wickets to stop the tourists practising after the opening test or raging turners in Delhi and indoor or the placid road of the fourth test, the pitch was always front and centre. How should Australian cricket fans and Australian cricket feel about the pitches that we've seen this series? It is what it is. I hate to say that. I hate to use that phrase, but that's what you're going to get when you come to India. You're going to get raging turners. I know that we've just come from an extraordinary pitch, um, but they, they have raging turners in India. Steve Smith says and reiterated, that he absolutely loves India. It's one of his favourite places to play. You know, personally, I really enjoy playing on these kind of wickets. I prefer this than just a genuine flat one that goes five days and, um, you know, it can be boring at stages. Um, there's always something happening on these wickets. To come away and say one win in a series is something to cherish. That shows you how difficult it is. But things that are easy, you don't cherish. So prospering in conditions that are so hostile, so different to what you're used to, that's a a badge of honour that you can wear on your chest. And, And look, to be honest with you, I love it. I just love watching cricket when a batsman's hanging on for their life. It's extreme cricket. My son rang me and he said that on the third test that he'd watched every ball of the series and he said he didn't think that he'd watched half an hour of Australian cricket for the last three years because the pitches are so boring and the cricket's so boring. You couldn't look away from this stuff. I sort of couldn't help but think, careful what you wish for when they got that dreary pitch at the end. Yes, there is something in between, but the BCCI is so sort of caught up in this sort of nationalist endeavour of uh, winning cricket that they will not take any chance to lose a test. And I've watched the wickets deteriorate over 20 years to become, you know, 
almost the point of farcical and it was nice to see it blow up in their face to some degree in indoor and Australia turn the tables on them. That will give them some pause to reconsider. Pete, it's been a fascinating series. Thanks for guiding us through the conclusion of it. We appreciate your time. Uh, it's been great fun. Thanks, Patrick. Just a note before headlines, Cricket Australia has confirmed Pat Cummins won't take part in the white ball section of the India Tour as he continues to spend time with his family after the death of his mother. Headlines. Dick Fosbury, the man who revolutionised high jump, has died aged 76. How do you revolutionise high jump? Well, you know how competitors kind of jump backwards over the bar and flick their legs over? The Americans started that. It's called the Fosbury flop. Before him, competitors did a kind of scissor kick. He completely changed the discipline. The AFL has confirmed it will spend $25 million on studying the long-term effects of concussion. This comes as lawyers lodged a class action against the AFL on behalf of former Aussie rules players. Extra long star Max Rook is the lead plaintiff for the group who claimed to have been permanently damaged by concussions and head knocks. And speaking of head knocks, in the NRL, Newcastle's Jacob Saifidi has accepted a five-week ban for his hit on Jake Simpkin in the win over the Tigers on the weekend. Football. Sam Kerr's been named Women's Super League Player of the Year again. That's two years straight after another brilliant season with Chelsea. I'm Patrick Stack. This is ABC Sport Daily, produced by Poppy Penny. Hey, are you subscribing to our newsletter? We wrap the week in sport every week and send you all the best content in one single email. I'm talking videos. I'm talking podcasts, little clips from social media. We look through it all so you don't have to and send it direct to your inbox. Click the link in our notes and you can get around it. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.